Are we recording? We're recording. Can I try something new? Please. I would like to just read a series of brief passages that I highlighted in this book that we're about to talk about. You want to do that before we get into the stuff? Yeah, I just want to give you a little flavor. All right, because I've also highlighted many passages. I didn't highlight long passages like you do. I do highlight long passages. <laughs> Lugubrious passages. I'm just going to get us started here. Great. He'd prefer death to dismemberment. <laughs> Aunt Judith, Mm -hmm. unless I use one of the most elemental of earth magics, joining magic, (laughs) I just winked. He means the sex. Demanded, let me feel your small hands. There you go. Her nether mouth. In addition to a bathroom, the two main things in the loft were her bed and the jacuzzi pool she designed to look (laughs) like a walled pond. She liked figuring out his emotion from the tone of his voice and the shift of his body. I like it when emotions are shifted and bodies. She liked figuring out his emotions the way everyone figures out everyone's emotions. <laughs> From shifts and body. Feathery anal fin. Mm, yes, yes. The soft V of her mons. Nice. I highlighted this phrase that just says, castle spire half to death. <laughs> and the note I wrote was, thanks, actually die. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love this book so much. <laughs> In the sea, it would be brought to Neptune's ears immediately, and he and some of the other merpeople would bring the male before them and tell him his behavior would change, or he would be expelled, forced to leave his family behind. Imagine that. I like the idea of stringent community. Because angels are like the police. I also highlighted that, and I want to talk about the militarization of heaven's furies. Mixed races. Inner city schools. Oh, that was so bad, though. Tomboy-like. Childish. Oblong body. Elongating into curves. Slim leg. Dot, dot, dot. I commented, oh, no. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Who was no longer a mermaid, but a pixie fairy. No taller than the length of his hand. To which I commented, oh, brother. That's a pretty tall fairy as far as I'm concerned. I know. I kept thinking, like, she's a pretty tall pixie. I am titillated talking about how much I want to talk about this. Oh, I was excited that they talked about a Gila monster because I -hmm. I was fascinated by those as a kid. I am so ready. Take me in the air, she whispered and wondered if he'd understood. She'd meant both things. Oh, God. All right. Yay. Yay. We can talk about it now. (gasps) (gasps) I'm so excited. (laughs) Welcome to Wellman. A podcast about romance novels. Oh, fuck. I'm Morgan. I'm Isabel. <laughs> I'm too excited. We just came too early. It's too much. It's too, it's too much. Soon. I'm sorry. I'm Were you sorry. Not this is so not like me. This never happens. <laughs> Listen, sorry. what's romance about? It's about romance novels. It's about angels. It's about mermaids. It is about inter-universal wars between good and evil. It's about cloacas by any other name. It's about joining magic. (laughs) It's about changing into four different things. It's about losing your sense of purpose in your job. It's about losing your virginity in a sea cave. It's about (laughs) sea cave. (laughs) I know. It's layered. It's It's about Disney fan fiction. Oh my God. Have you ever wanted to fuck Ariel, but also Tinkerbell? (laughs) (laughs) And also. 
also the male version of the angel from Pinocchio. Uh, Blue fairy. <laughs> Blue fairy, thank you. God, what is this book not about, frankly? Like, it covers literally everything. It's about a matriarchal creationist myth. Mm-hmm. It's also about Greek mythology. It is about Greek mythology. And it's about a very specific Catholic Judeo-Christian <laughs> mythology that's uh-huh. like deep in the weeds of the seraphim and cherubim. It's a podcast about dragons. We made it. Oh my God. We got to the dragons. <laughs> Thank Christ. It's also a podcast about sea witches with octopus bottoms. About dying before you're 21. Having it's maternal about, curses. Aren't we all dead mm. after 21 though? It's true. For a woman. It's that expiration date. We're dead. You're dead. But we are coming from beyond the grave to talk to you mostly about that first thing. Romance novels. And ourselves. This week. This week. We are very pleased indeed to bring you Mermaid's Kiss. Oh my God. Bye. Who is this by? Joey Hill. Joey Hill. How could I forget? Joey W. Hill, I think. God, I have so many highlights, listeners. <laughs> I already listed off. Joey W. Hill, award-winning author. Doesn't say what she's awarded for. You know, you and I have different covers, so I want to show you my cover. That's also the cover I got on Kindle. But, oh, um, that's too bad, because I think the, the other cover... The original cover, where it looks like the angel's going to put his hand on the front of her tail and finger mm-hmm. her. Yep. And she has a pink tail in the cover, but she has a midnight blue tail tail in the book. Yeah. Would you rather have a pink tail or a midnight blue tail? Obviously midnight blue. I'm not yeah, a monster. I've already got a pink tail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just flapping in the wind. Okay, so we have to start. No, we have to do a summary. But before we you do a summary. You have to do a summary, but it has to be succinct, Isabel. I can't. Isabel, be- you have to do a summary and it has to be succinct. Fine. Try to do a summary of this book in one sentence. No. Do um, it in two sentences. No, but I want to read the dedication first to the angels who fight for us all risking their precious spark to give ours a chance to the soldiers. <laughs> to the troops! This one's for the troops! This a thousand page tome is for the troops. <laughs> Do the troops know that she turns into a child like Pixie and then just grinds on his penis with her whole body until completion? He jizzes on her little fairy head. Even the fucking weirdest part. This one's for the troops. This one's for the troops. God bless your sacrifice. I was just thinking about all the fucking pageant state sex scenes. I forgot about this cellar creature that's a giant naked mole rat that turns himself into a water man that they then fuck on. No making this up. So, this week, Mermaid's Kiss by Joey W. Hill. We open with a mermaid riding with a pod of humpback whales. By the way, humpback whales don't travel in pods. And the sky is crying. Isabel, I already know you were going to go way over five sentences. (laughs) You've just started your second sentence. No, this is the third clause. This is the third clause. 
skies open, out drops an angel whose wing has been severed by dark ones. Our heroine, Anna, who is currently a mermaid, swims to his rescue. He's unconscious. His wing follows them into a sea cave where he becomes conscious again and is like, hey, you want to help me? And she's like, oh my God, I do anything for you. You're so great. You're an angel. You protect us all from the intergalactic menace that is orcs, dark ones. Get ready to be immediately transported back to prom night, ladies. And he says, and I kid you not, listeners, the only way that you can save me is by joining magic. And joining magic is sex. So he's like, you got to have sex with me. And she's like, oh, I'm a virgin, but um, that's fine. I guess I guess we're going to have sex now in my sea cave. She's not a mermaid right now. No, she was a mermaid when she got him into the sea cave. Um, now she is in her human form. And he's like, we got a bone or I can't reattach my wing. And she's like, boning it is. And they bone. Let's stitch you right up, pal. <laughs> what a line, though. Like, the only way to save me is by sex. <laughs> but it turns out that his wound wasn't just his severed wing. It's the darkness of him fighting the dark ones mm-hmm. who are intergalactic yeah. orcs. He's and got a depression metaphor, a PTSD metaphor growing inside him. They've poisoned him. And so then they have to go on a buddy journey <coughs> to the desert to find a shaman to cure him of his darkness. And the story is about their hijinks and their falling in love on this road trip. Yeah. There's uh, also a veiled art bell coast to coast radio show reference mm-hmm. for all of my supernatural super fans out there mm. they encounter the host of such a radio show out in the desert they do where do you want to start well I've already giggled myself to exhaustion over some of the sex scenes you know I didn't know this book was going to be that way me neither for I had like no the idea first 50 pages I didn't know this book I was like oh joining magic <laughs> but like we see those thinly veiled like excuses to get the characters to fuck all the time but no this book bones down hard yeah so yeah jonah he's the leader of the dark legion which means he's like the general and the goddesses army are you surprised that she's a woman that's on you man wow yeah also the goddess is curiously absent which i kind of love where it's like we haven't talked to her lately i don't know what's going on i feel really bad but i don't want to talk to the boss lady yeah so like jonah's dealing with his existential crisis of like what is war for really badly he's not talking to anybody about it and he crashes to earth in sort of like a passive suicide attempt and is rescued by a 20 year old virgin mermaid truly a mermaid actual line actual line in the book what's the mermaid's conditions well she's got to die when she's 21 because she's a daughter of arion right who is ariel ariel she fell in love with a human man she had a baby and then she died when she was 21 and so turned to stone turned to Stone. And then Neptune, a.k.a. Trident, for all of you Disney fans, was so heartbroken, he went to Ursula the Sea Witch's cave and is like, undo what you did, bitch. And she's like, okay, because you're going to kill me, I guess. And she undoes the magic, but the undoing of the magic causes this generational curse. So then all of the daughters of Arianne are cursed in a particular way, not only to die before they're 21, also to get pregnant and live miserable, cursed lives. Yeah, they can transition from human to fish, mm-hmm. mermaid, and they also tend to have like their own special brand of being cursed mm-hmm. like one can only speak in song yeah and like that we, puts everybody to sleep that's a real rough one yeah and they like generationally pass it on like our heroine doesn't actually have problems but the reason why she doesn't have problems is because Mina this granddaughter of the original of sea witch yep she's a dark spawn yeah she's 
half dark one. Half mermaid. And the dark ones are basically described as flying Lord of the Rings orcs. Yeah, they're just darkness. And so Mina does this weird thing where she opens the blood of Anna's mother, mixes it with her own, and pours it down newly born infant Anna's throat so that the curse is no longer a curse. Yeah. Mina is the subject of the second novel, which has some famous cover art because it does feature a half octopus woman entwined around an angel. Guess who one clicked that shit as soon as this book was over? <laughs> I want to hear about it. It's while. Can't wait to read it. So, guess what? Our girl Anna, our main character, our heroine, she not only can be a mermaid and a human, she can also be a pixie, mm-hmm. which I cried about earlier. I cannot wait to talk about that in depth. But guess what? She has a fourth form. We can't talk about that until the end. We got to hold that one a little bit back. Just like the book itself. Just like the We're book holding itself. It off. Before we get deep into the weeds, I want to say the fall of an angel could drown the very heart of the earth (laughs) this book is so dramatic (laughs) like this book starts off she was alone she would always be alone this book starts off with the highest possible fucking stakes Mm, the end of the world doubles down triples down quadruples down oh yeah because then it's the end of the universe you're right how do you want to tackle this behemoth this leviathan yeah leviathan for sure dude i so this book made several fascinating turns for me first i hated it because it's (laughs) ridiculous like the premise is ridiculous the language itself is indulgent purple yes but purple is my favorite color so yeah (laughs) whatever it is i was like what the fuck am i reading so like you get to the cave and like we've met anna and jonah we already know he's having an existential crisis we've seen the initial battle and she's like he's so pretty and like his wing having ascensions is actually kind of fun yeah and then they have to have sex in the cave and the sex scene's like really fine yeah it's like a decent sex scene scene. it's a good first start and in that turn when they're like we gotta get out of the sea cave we gotta go see Mina but before that she's like carrying the wing and the angel with her through this like really long journey Mm -hmm. in blackness and Mm -hmm. I was like wow this book is like really engaging me in spite of the fact that it's just like her dragging a guy through like endless dark caves and her own internality and I was like wow this is a really interesting book I mean it didn't stop being interesting no it doesn't stop being interesting but it becomes interesting in so many other ways it just gets baroque and more baroque dude more baroque it takes a turn in this tea cave where I'm like, I don't hate it anymore. And then it takes another turn. You're like, this is trash. And then it takes another turn. You're like, it might be the truest thing that's ever been written. I never got there. And then it's so fun. Yeah, there's something about it that has this feeling of like whenever you were playing pretend when you were a kid mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then you mm-hmm. just like fed off another person. You're mm-hmm. like, but then there's a dragon. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's so imaginative. It's so imaginative. And the sex scenes are hot. Not all of them. (laughs) (laughs) That fairy one is fucked. I'm sorry. The one where they have sex on the mystical naked bull rat that turns himself into a waterbed to be a part of their thruple. (laughs) You know what that is? That's just like, you know, where you want to have sex in public, but like not. 
<laughs> Do you want the public to actually be a fleshy waterbed? Like, With sessions. He did that himself. It's like scene where they're like, they find a structure built into the side of a like desert mountain thing. And they like go into the cellar. And then there's a mystical creature. A cellar like, dweller. Called a cellar dweller. Which is that a thing? Or did Joey W. Hill just make that up? I think she based it on something. Like there are plenty of like creatures that live down in cellars. There's a creature like it that I thought of in Stephen King's Gunslinger series. But she basically describes like a quiet critter that just like is a giant naked mole rat and stands in the corner looking nervous. Mm -hmm. And then he's the angel starts fingering her in front of the naked mole rat. And the whole time I'm like, this is so fucking weird. They're just like boating down in front of this sentient giant naked mole rat who's like oh hi (laughs) who is like emotionally putting out this like like vibe that's like (laughs) totally it's like I don't want to be alone but I I, I don't want you guys here it's like a nervous dog yeah exactly and then I was like wow this is really weird little did I know that this cellar dweller was going to morph into a waterbed that they would fuck on because she was getting so dry and she just missed the feel of she the ocean she needed the moisture of the naked mole rat she needed the motion that he provided <laughs> by the way the book never says the naked mole rat turned nope. itself into a waterbed it just does a beautiful job of describing the experience of having sex on a waterbed <laughs> With a sentient creature as the waterbed. Except bed. the waterbed's a sentient creature who's into it. But also, like, nervous and, like, wants to please. So, like, that's weird. It's like, do you know who but Pete don't Holmes you know, is? That is exactly the situation that, like, a threesome with a stranger is like. Hmm. Where the stranger's just, like, happy to be there. And you're just trying to get off with the person you normally get off with. I sort of imagine Pete Holmes, the weird, like, pastor-looking comedian that has that mm-hmm. show on HBO. Yeah. I imagine the feeling of Pete Holmes that is, is the this- meanest thing you could possibly say about <laughs> Pete Holmes that's like so fucked up that is so fucked up you pictured it as Pete Holmes no just like his like aura <laughs> His general feel. <laughs> just happy to be here, guys. ever said about another person. I can think of lots of people who I'm like, wow, it's a real cellar dweller vibe coming off of you right now. I would never say it out loud. Pete Holmes is a real person with feelings. He seems like a really nice guy who wants to please. Don't even. Don't even try to turn it into a compliment. It's not a compliment. That scene, though. What about whenever she turns herself into? <laughs> I think we need to like let's maybe take this in stages right we're still in the sea cave we gotta get like oh shit yeah we, we skipped way ahead yeah way ahead okay we're still in the sea cave they bone down mm-hmm. she leaves him in the sea cave because he's like leave me okay so I actually want to talk a little bit about the sex scene in the sea cave because like it does a lot of world building um, very nicely so they're having sex he finds out that <laughs> she's a virgin <laughs> she's 20 and he's a billion he's not a billion he's like whatever a thousand or whatever whatever their age difference is grotesque significant (laughs) grotesque it's a real may december relationship if may was in 2015 and december was in 15 Ah, it was really good. But he was so old, he rode a dinosaur to school. <laughs> it's old as shit. So he comes inside of her. They have all this joining magic. This magic like comes right out of the earth, um, which is great. 
And like, while that's happening, I'm like, oh shit, maybe she'll get pregnant. And like, how much weirder could this like weird thing get? And then she has that thought. (laughs) I forgot about this. Those born of an angel and another species, usually human. They are rare, but they exist. Carry the child of an angel, an astounding thought. One she didn't even dare entertain. Except you literally just did. It is purposed (laughs) when it is done, he said in a gentle tone. An angel may choose to release his seed or not when he reaches pinnacle don't worry baby i shot blanks this time (laughs) and did you it's your body and you're right to ask no i didn't it was your (laughs) right to tell her before hey babe just so you know i took a women's studies class so i'm now gonna tell you you get to ask if i impregnated you on purpose i get to choose if i answer or not (laughs) you get to ask you get to guess Listen, 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 listen. If listen. I shot viable sperm into your uterus, you'd know about it. You'd feel the little feathers of my spermazoa. <laughs> wings. Because he's an angel. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he's an angel. What do you think motivated that choice? In my mind, I'm like, she started off with like, I want to write a sex book about a mermaid. And then mm. I think she was like, who's fucking the mermaid? And then she was like an angel. And she's like, well, now it's religious. And then created an oeuvre mm. and like got carried away was like mm, do you know what else is hot tinkerbell mm. do you know what else is hot naked mole rats i really want to get to the tinkerbell sex scene i'm gonna hold off on the please do stuff. please do okay so you asked the question why an angel i think this human being joey w hill was watching city of angels and she was like <clears throat> Cage isn't bad looking. Meg Ryan seems to like having sex with him. I bet I could write a book about that. And then like, she's like, you know what else? I like the little mermaid. Um, What if Nicolas Cage? City of Angels is an adaptation of a foreign film called Wings of Desire. Whoa. Much better title. Much better movie. Mm, Soundtrack by Nick Cave. Nice. And instead of being a surgeon, the main character is an acrobat in a circus. Way better. I mean, the movie's way better. If you haven't seen Wings of Desire, the the lead actor who had the, I hate to say it, Nick Cage part recently died. Hmm. It's just such a beautiful, moving, romantic film that's not a romantic comedy. It's so much better than City of Angels. City of Angels isn't a comedy. No. (laughs) I'm just thinking about the Goo Goo Dolls versus Nick Cave. Ah, ah, I see why that is comedic. And I'd give up forever to touch you because i know that you feel me somehow closest ever that i'll ever be and i don't want to go home right now okay so he's shooting blanks and then on she- purpose though it's not like he can't make her pregnant you know, he that totally he chooses could. not to make her pregnant okay and then she's like well we could do some more healing joining magic if you don't feel like up to getting to like the surface he's like we're never doing that again i feel gross I took advantage of you and your innocence and like la 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 and she's like okay um stay in your sea cave I'm gonna go talk to my friend Mina because she knows a lot uh-huh. and we're gonna get this sorted and he's like leave me here to die <laughs> exactly exactly the tenor of and his I give up for oh my god he's just a Google song so she goes to talk to so her so innocent so pure it's a lot of that it's shit it's so much of that so she goes to talk to her friend Mina who as we talked about earlier daughter granddaughter of Ursula who also has half a burned face because she's dark spawn. So she's got this massive, amazing burn. And one of her eyes is midnight blue and the other is 
crimson red. She's like hell. So multidimensional. Um, and she's mean. She's mean Mina. She's Mina's so mean. Sassy. And she has a vision of how to heal Jonah. And she gives that vision to Anna. And then Anna's like, great. And they swim back together because they're going to rescue Jonah from himself. And that's how the road trip to the desert starts. They get out onto Venice Beach, not unlike the Pisces. Yeah, they go to her special cabin that Neptune created for the daughters of Ariane. You might have heard me mention earlier that other than the bathroom, the main thing in the cabin was a jacuzzi that looked like a pond and a bed. Yep, those are the things it has. They have sex. So they have sex with her for the first time as a mermaid. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that scene. I want to give a special shout out to my cousin Jenny, who was talking to me about the Pisces. And she was like, wait till you get to the fish sex scene. I want to say, Jenny, wait till you get to the actual fish sex scene in this book, because it does involve a cloaca. Sure does. This is a romance novel that unironically uses is the term next to the anal opening. Sure does. Oh my God, dude. Where is it though? So she's got a fin. An anal fin. And on the back of her big fish legs mm-hmm. is an anal fin mm-hmm. that's feathery. Mm-hmm. And you lift that up and there's two holes. One that she poops out of and one that she has sex into. Do we have any idea of like how her menstruation works? Because like, no. no, we don't. <laughs> no. And anyways, she sits on his lap facing away from him or in some cases putting her big flippers over his sh- I mean it's just like priest why would you want to fuck a priest if he wasn't wearing the collar the description of this is she rested his hand on the indentation just below the skirt of her feathery anal fin the blue and purple silk of it rippled over him brushing his knuckles her lower body quivered as he kept his gaze locked on her breast but felt his way beneath. don't look at her anal her opening don't look at her anal opening don't look at her fingers. anal opening don't look at her anal opening exploring that indentation seeming to know intuitively how to move with the <laughs> overlap of her scales gentlemen onto the smooth tender dip at the crevice below the fin keep going (laughs) okay I'm almost there. (laughs) Jonah knew the moment his easing fingers penetrated. For one thing, Anna's lips parted. (laughs) (laughs) That's not normal. Her tongue tasting them in quick, nervous sweeps. For another, the fluid cool feel feel of water in the pool gave way to warm, viscous fluid of an aroused woman. (laughs) He explored with gentle fingers not only to feel that opening, but the tighter anal opening just above it tucked in closer beneath the fin caressing them one in the pink one in the stink (laughs) caressing them with his thumb and forefinger a similar sex scene happens in the Pisces exactly and she thinks to herself I wonder how they self-lubricate in the ocean Mm -hmm. because it's an issue okay this is the thing that I wanted to say particularly when the exploration itself was such a pleasure if she'd been in human form it would have been like laying her over a chair or table to touch her soft wet cunt from behind How, how do I put this her anal entry within reach as it was here. However, the warm, wet opening he was currently investigating was more narrow than one in her human form. To get the same effect, he suspected he would have to have her cross her legs at the ankles, holding her thighs tightly together while he plunged into the excruciatingly 
snug opening. Hey, kids, want to recreate Mermaid's Kiss at home? It's as easy as bending yourself over a chair and crossing your legs. It's the how-to of the mermaid sex. How can you recreate mermaid sex at home? Put yourself in a real cold, pointy pair of pants. Cut out the crotch and the anal part. <laughs> and then lean yourself Put over a, feather a pillow chair. for both of them. For to recreate the anal feather fin. This is the moment I knew I loved this book. <laughs> feathery anal fin was when I was like this is a whole different kind of party like at first I was like that's kind of goofy that she just has like the main thing besides the bathroom which is insinuating but if we were to rank the main things in her house it would go number one bathroom it's not the ocean view number two jacuzzi jacuzzi that shaped like, like a, a pond. pond number three giant bed <laughs> those are the things and I was like that's kind of weird but then they said he moved her feathery anal fin. I was like, I did not. Did not anticipate. Not, could not. Could not in a million years. Be like, oh, yeah, mermaids protect their openings with an anal fin. Mm-hmm. Nor would I ever be like, what's mm-hmm. that anal fin like? Feathery? Mm-hmm. It's feathery. It's feathery. I don't know what that means exactly. You know, Joey W. Hill, I looked this up. Mm-hmm. A lot of her other books are like super s and Oh, that makes sense. He's trying to tie her up at points and she's like, come like it feels so good to submit he's always like putting her hands up and holding Mm -hmm. them yeah so that's when I knew that the book had made the turn from terrible to terrible good and so bad it's good so bad it's good and that I would just buckle up my little butt and get to the end as fast as I could yeah and I did you can't stop once you start okay so they have sex and she's like now we've got to go to the desert to find this shaman Mm -hmm. to get the dark poison out of you to get the dark poison out of you. Mm-hmm. The shaman is going to relate to my weirdest part. That makes sense to me. And then they go to a diner and they see a woman who's clearly a battered wife. Yeah, they both feel it. And Jonah stands up for her and has a lot of unself-aware things to say about destructive masculinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they see some kids playing on a beach and there's some weird shit there that's also going to relate to my weirdest part. That's great. Like hitchhike, the people who pick them up relate to my weirdest part. Oh, your weirdest part is racism. <laughs> yes, it is. This is a racist book. Yeah. Uh, loudly white supremacist, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like violently terrible. Like, yeah. As soon as she said the angels are like the police, I was, I was like, like, oh, 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 okay. As like state power, as like, what are we saying? What are we doing here? So they have to reach the shaman via fate. So they can't drive themselves or like get mm-hmm. a plane ticket. They've got to go to Nevada on their own via fate. They hitchhike. They go to a, a general store and Jonah spends some time on the porch with an elderly man and then the woman inside the general store talks to Anna about how her uncle has PTSD from Vietnam. And her father-in-law. Like, yeah and she's like oh Jonah is just like that. He has PTSD from fighting the dark ones. The dark ones. Even like, this their book name. Isn't like it is explicitly Judeo-Christian yes. and then it's also deeply resistant to that. Yes. It's like mixing all of it together and like oh it's like a pan theology. Yeah which is like why angels 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> why angels? Why mermaids? Why? I get mermaids. Sure. To me, I'm like, angels have a connotation that you seem resistant to. But specifically, it's also like they're not just any run of the mill angels. He's specifically of the seraphim. He's specifically the right lieutenant of Michael <laughs> who smote Lucifer, who we find out isn't just the guy who reigns in hell. He's also a lieutenant of the goddess herself. He's fighting her opposite and her balancing power. Her consort. Mm-hmm. I kind of love that he has black wings and that he has sex with the goddess. I don't like any of that. <laughs> That's fine. I totally understand this like understanding of the devil as the adversary as opposed to like Satan. Mm-hmm. And I think she's kind of playing with that, but she doesn't do a great job of it. She doesn't do any kind of job with it. Why would he rule in hell, but also be her lieutenant fighting the dark ones if her he rules champion. in hell? That doesn't sound like balance. That just sounds like disorder. Yeah. And it's also like, why can't she just be in charge? Why does she have like yeah. a balancing other half? Yeah. It's just, it's so weird. And they're also like, there are guardian angels and there are angels that take your soul up to heaven but reincarnation but why is there a heaven it negates like its ideas of reincarnation because at the end of the book it, she'll never come back like she's dead dead but of course she's not dead because the goddess gives her back to him but it's like why couldn't she just be reincarnated and then he could live for another 20 years and be Wait. with her again mm-hmm. maybe because only humans can be reincarnated and like mermaids don't get that I don't know like the, what are the rules I what are the rules a few times in the notes. I'm like, yeah, what are the fucking rules? Because she is going to die at 21. That's like the rule of her curse. But like, since Mina already broke the curse, it feels like maybe her curse isn't as cursy as her other like matrilineal antecedents were. But also like the humans get reincarnated, but it doesn't seem like the other creatures of Earth do. Like nobody's reincarnating the humpback whales. Yeah. And you can only be reincarnated again as a human. Like there's like an idea of like working something out. Like you're not reincarnated as a rat to learn a lesson about like resource management. (laughs) Right. And like the humans are half we discover like this manufactured dark ones that the goddess or the lady Mm -hmm. as they also refer to her. Just kind of weird. I mean, she has a real Galadriel vibe. Like, hey, lady. (laughs) But there's like, you know, and she like gives them a spark. And that spark is fire because fire is all around her. But she's not fire. Like this idea. But fire is like love, but fire is like inspiration. Idea of elementalism, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like also not full. It's like a lot of half-baked theologies all mushed up into one. For sure. Which is good enough for me for a romance novel. Me too. The great mother Mm -hmm. called to her loins is a phrase used ironically in this book. That's one of the things about this book that I think was first very off-putting and then very drawing in. It lacks all irony. Everything (laughs) is entirely frank and earnest. Even when they're at a campsite, they've been dropped off by the first place that they've hitchhiked and they're like let's bone and she's like you want to see my new other form and he's like sure and it turns out that she's the pixie the size of his hand uh-huh. and she decides to manually get him off with her entire pixie body have you been on reddit and seen the gadget no pornography that exists gadget from uh chippendale chippendale no that's the exact context oh of my god the gad- is that gadget will just Use Hug your penis and then wiggle up and down a bunch. <laughs> Which is exactly what happens yeah. in this. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to get you off. And then he sits her on his pinky. She sits on it. And he gets a her off. seesaw. 
like that. It was so weird. It was so weird. There's also a point where he literally is like looking at children on the beach and he's like, wow, they're going to grow up to be as hot as that bitch over there. God willing. willing. God, the lady willing. The lady willing. And then he gets all horned up. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fucked up? He's fucked up. He constantly refers to her as a child and small one. Let me feel your small hands. Yeah, he's like, hey, small one. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. please stop. Ooh. She's already a millennia younger than you. Don't make this worse than it already is. Here's the thing. It is absolutely buck fucking wild. It is buck fucking wild. What you think a romance novel is, mm. is what this is. This mm. is what people think fantasy sex scenes are. I highlighted this sex scene <laughs> in a different color because it's so fucking weird. The kids have left. The inner city children who've never <laughs> seen the beach before. <laughs> Holy smokes! Have left. She's like super hot for him because he's been holding this toddler. And he comes into the water and they're having this sex scene. And the thing that he's thinking while she's coming is he moved up to her throat, bit down like a possessive animal and let himself go, wishing the darkness of his thoughts wouldn't follow him over the edge. But as she held onto him with her fists, like the little girl who had held onto him, he wondered if the fiercest gestures were desperate ones. The hope that something solid wouldn't slip away, leaving them yearning. Girls learned early there were no guarantees. This is the stuff that he's thinking while he's coming. <laughs> As his climax ebbed, <laughs> the vision of the broken woman in the diner came again, as well as the black desolation of her he's husband's like, he's soul. He's this whole time. One night, the woman had turned over and found the face of her lover had become <clears throat> that of a stranger. Just ropey and full of dead sperm. Her angel had become time. a monster. This whole time. Let's time it. Read it out and we're going to time it. Get, let me get my timer out. I can't read it again. <clears throat> Do it for real. Go. When she cried out, he moved up to her throat, bit down like a possessive animal and let himself go, wishing the darkness of his thoughts wouldn't follow him over the edge. But as she held onto him with her fist like the little girl who had held onto him, he wondered if the fiercest gestures were desperate ones. The hope that something solid wouldn't slip away, leaving them yearning. Girls learned early there were no guarantees. As his climax ebbed, <laughs> the vision of the broken woman in the diner came again, as well as the black desolation of her husband's soul. One night, that woman had turned over and found the face of her lover had become that of a stranger. Her angel had become a monster. 45 seconds. Jesus Christ, that's how long it took him to come. And he thought about <laughs> not only the woman he was having sex with, but a child. A toddler. An abused woman. And the destructiveness of patriarchy. Yep. Same. <laughs> And also like relatable. What a, what a misreading of like how abusive relationships work. Totally. And this book has this like weird, it's like weirdly into the military industrial complex where it's like constantly like, no, kill them again. You're entitled. Instead of him being like, hey, maybe we should just like let the dark ones be. Like maybe the dark ones have a justification. We should be like Also the dark ones do have a justification. Yeah, yeah. The goddess stole the thing they invented. That they took forever to create. A thousand years. They have every right to be pissed as far as I'm concerned. The book doesn't question that the angels <laughs> and, are correct. And the goddess is like, like all things hateful, they have a hard time creating. Like, like, that's weird. What about people 
people who have a hard time creating like humans. Mm-hmm. That sucks to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's not a very sensitive book. No, it's not. And then they go through the desert and they mm. meet like an Art Bell type who's mm-hmm. doing Supernatural radio show and Jonah goes on as the angel that he is and then they meet the cellar dweller who <laughs> talked about intensely and then they just leave him. Like the cellar dweller never to be no seen again. Purpose, but to watch them finger each other that serve as their third slash waterbed. By the time they hit Art Bell's house in the middle of the desert, he talks about looking at her in like under an electric light. And he's like, because Mina put a spell on him that makes him a human during the day and an angel at night. They're not supposed to travel at night. They're only supposed to travel during the day. Because the dark ones can uh, sense his inherent goodness. And they're on the lookout for him because they want his heart. They want his heart. And so she gets to Art Bell's house. And she not only is like sallow and has like lost a lot of weight the whites of her eyes are red because she's so dehydrated yeah she's becoming sunken she's desiccating she's desiccating homeboy's been fucking her this whole time this whole time still wants to fuck her can you imagine looking at another human being who has the whites of their eyes are red and being like wanna fuck you remember that time you were a tiny little pixie and you hugged my penis (laughs) why don't you pour some salt water on your feet (laughs) let's get down to business yeah he is remarkably for someone who (laughs) doesn't have to be yeah also like super duper obtuse he does not notice her changes and she doesn't hide them no because she can't because she's desiccating in the desert she's she's dying in front of them she can't live away from the ocean but the book is fine with that because obviously women who are going to die by the time they're 21 have to sacrifice themselves for their great love yeah that's right and she does she dies death dies we find out from Mina that her fourth form is a phoenix but she actually uses her life force to save Mina whose other form is a dragon during this battle wherein oh my god we haven't even talked about the shaman Mm -hmm. Jonah finds a shaman who lives in a schism between time in space. He's half human, half something or other. We don't know. And also Native American. But they never say he's Native American. He just does a lot of Native American type stuff. Also his skin is dark and do they talk about that because mm-hmm, he's coming out of it like they don't specifically mention they call it the thousand year wisdom of this place which bespeaks a kind of indigenousness also they do a sweat lodge mm-hmm. and call it a sweat lodge yeah and he like transcends and he communes with the lady in this moment and then he's like oh shit they've kidnapped the mermaid and they have the dark ones and in exchange for her life he he gives up his heart and then he becomes like a commander of the dark ones but like an automaton yeah she like sacrifices herself because she bring really him back. holds his heart dude let's talk about that scene on the ledge right so picture this it's like Helm's Deep and Lord of the Rings right we yeah. got 10,000 so dark ones and, and they're all he... in the Grand Canyon all... oh yeah this, they're in the Grand Canyon happens in the Grand Canyon this yep. showdown happens in the Grand Canyon they're all there's like a billion of them and they've got this super hot dude at the forefront with his white and silver wings a gaping wound in his chest and his heart is at the center oh, of and they're blue their innards are blue yeah, angels they're blue blue angels is that do you think that was on purpose yeah oh. and his heart which is gleaming white blue is at the very center of the army of the dark ones everybody can see it so then the angel command commanded by lucifer himself is arraigning itself in opposition. And then we get Mina and we've got our newly not desiccated mermaid who was 
saved and with water and blah, blah, blah. There's a secret oasis cave that she gets into in the desert, which is whatever. And she's like, I can bring him back. I can pull his heart back into him because like he told me that I have his heart for real. There are straight up 30 pages of Anna and the human woman Mm -hmm. talking at a kitchen table about how great their boyfriends are. Dude, I hated that. It was rough. Yeah, it was gross, frankly. But then she hops on Mina's dragon back and like Mina's like soaring over the hordes of dark ones. (laughs) And then she drops Anna off on this ledge and then like creates a cyclone so that she and Jonah can be alone and she can try to like resuscitate his heart. But he cleaves Mina's artery while she's in her dragon form as she's flying away. So she's pumping out her heart's blood onto the Colorado River. Mina is the hero here because she's also keeping the cyclone going so that Anna has a chance to do the thing that she's supposed to do. Dude, this scene. So Heartless Automaton Jonah beats the shit out out of her. her. Hits her in the face, breaks her arm. Like it is. And she just keeps crawling up. And like when we say crawling up, we mean crawling crawling up and like clutching his legs. I mean, I love you. Come back to yourself. Come back to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. It does. Barf. And then like all the Dark One armies die, which is great. It happens too quickly. I wanted to see more of that since we had suddenly transfigured ourselves from a Judeo-Christian road trip into Helm's Deep. I wanted to see some actual battle royale with Lucifer kicking ass, but... I actually like the desert stuff. Yeah, the desert stuff was great, but like we really got out of it and suddenly we were in an epic fantasy war. I mean, this book has everything. Everything. It has naked mole rat waterbed sex it has pixie sex it has a cyclone made by a dragon so that you can be alone with your boyfriend well, who's an automaton it has you giving your energy as a phoenix to your friend who's a dragon for them to live again and committing the ultimate sacrifice not for a man but for a friend it has satan as a dark angel it has a desert road trip vibe it has mexican part. day laborers i love when he briefly wonders what would it be like to be a mexican day laborer it has children of mixed races from an inner city school seeing the ocean for the first time and at first the teachers are like oh no kids don't talk to that strange man and then they're like it's okay he's got an angelic vibe a half octopus half woman having a thing with a baby angel yeah he's only been an angel for like 50 years yeah and the goddess who bones down on lucifer yeah this book has it all you know what i was captivated and the sex scenes were pretty good except for the weird ones but even the weird ones like you can't look away no you certainly can't there's some of the more interesting things i've read it's so imaginative it's half baked but fully fledged yeah i think that's it it's half baked but fully fledged we get a happily ever after even though our main character our heroine dies because of a duzex machina that happens in the milky way yep (laughs) and then they have sex in the sky that's right weirdest part my weirdest part yeah when the angels are referred to as the police and the fetishization of the military industrial complex and the comparison specifically of like angels and whiteness associating them so specifically with the military industrial complex is like my broadest I mean like this is good this is good unequivocally yeah there's no question this is good even though we've definitely fucked up the dark ones yeah like they're justified so that's like my broadest weirdest part but like my specific weirdest part this is a good distinction Um, that we need to make with this text we do because there's a lot to explore my specific weirdest part god there's so many can I like choose two specifics yeah you can choose two specifics okay it's 
the pixie body job, which we've talked about at length, that was like, it felt very strange because it like kind of came out of nowhere. A like also is like unstable because you're like, oh, she's the size of a very big man's hand. And then it's like, she's smaller than that. At times? Yeah. Like how big is his dick? Like, yeah. I don't. So that was like weird. But um, there's a scene when baby angel David goes to talk to Mina to like kind of get the lay of the land and figure out where Jonah and Anna are. And he pins her to a sandbar with blades like through the middle of her tentacle flesh. And he's immediately attracted to her after wounding her. And then he tries to heal her and she's like, don't fucking touch me. And I'm like, that reaction is correct, but he's hurt by it. And I was like, you don't get to be hurt, David, you stupid person. That was a really weird moment. That's like where it gets like real S&M. That's the part where you're like, oh, this isn't Fifty Shades of Grey where it's like, he's going to tie me up with his necktie. It's like, he's getting off on like puncturing her with a knife. Yeah. (laughs) Like all the way through to the sandbar so that she can't move because her muscles have literally been pinioned. Yeah. Yeah. That was another particularly weird part for me. Yeah. There are people who are like, I'm kinky. And then there are people who are actually kinky. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) it's weird. whenever You're not expecting it. Yeah. It's also like suddenly like there's a question about like, not only is this S&M, but it's also like hentai, which I think the sequel is mostly hentai. I will let you know when I read it. I can't wait to read it. Do you think she has sex with a woman? I don't know. I hope so. I don't think she does. Probably not based on how much the author likes the military industrial complex. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. It's like aggressively heteronormal. Oh, yeah, it is. It is aggressively heteronormal. Not that you asked, but my weirdest part. It's your weirdest part. My broad weirdest part mm-hmm. is the relationship with race. It talks about all of these children of mixed races coming to the beach from the inner city. It's like, how do you know they're from the inner city? Is it because they're of mixed races? And then like that gets weird, bad. And then the whole thing with the Mexican day laborer family and being like, it's so white savory. I cannot. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Nauseating. Yeah, it's offensive. It's upsetting. No question. My specifically weirdest part, you know how whenever people have pets that they give regular human names to, like this is my cat, George. Yeah, my dog, Kevin. Or like Lance, mm-hmm. Brittany. Mm-hmm. The main character is a magical mermaid and her name is Anna, mm-hmm. which is one thing, but her aunt's name is Judith. That's right. I forgot about that. That's my specific weirdest part that I want to bring up. That's really good. Specifically weird. My brave, mystical, most strong, blind mermaid aunt, Judith. (laughs) Yeah. Sexiest bit. Oh, sexiest bit. It's so hard. So hard. there are good sex parts. There are. But it's hard to see the forest for the trees of pixie body job slash naked mole rat waterbed. Threesome. Mm-hmm. My- slash sandbar stabbing. Oh, God. Yeah. My sexiest bit is the weird scene where like it's after the pixies. They've just fought the dark ones in the forest and he's like got a rage hard on. Uh huh. And he like aggressively eats her out like to the point where it's like he's standing and he's like holding her up and like has her legs around his shoulders and he's like "Ah, I can't get the darkness out of me so I'm gonna like transfer all of my rage aggression to your cunt and I'm gonna just eat you out aggressively like this and then like he throws her to the forest floor and like I was like wow you're so angry and just 
just go into town. I want to talk about another weirdest part. Sure. There's I've, so many. When they have the jacuzzi mermaid sex mm-hmm. and he refuses to do the joining magic and then mm-hmm. he burns her body. But yeah. then like, instead of being like, okay, maybe I should just let the joining magic happen. He continues to refuse to do the joining magic. Yeah. Even after he's physically harmed her. Yeah. And it just seems pointless. Mm-hmm. Cause it'll make him better. And it'll, her too. Yeah. Yeah. That is another weird part. Early, early in the book, I remember when she was like dragging him through the cave and he got a moment of cognizance Mm -hmm. and was obviously aroused by her. Mm -hmm. I like that part. Womance or no mans? My God, (laughs) womance. This is it, kids. Dude, whoa. Oh, but it's racist and it's military industrial confidence It's a problem. It's bonkers. It's bad. It's bad. You know what fucking blows? I would be like, check it out from your local library so you don't give like financial support to it and you read this weird thing, but like you can't. Mm-hmm. because it was self-published. Who did her cover art? I don't know. Yeah, I feel weird about it because I'm like, this book is crazy and mm-hmm. there's so much that's good about it, but I don't feel like the book is good enough to justify all of the really bad things it does. Yeah, all the problems. That makes sense. You know what it kind of feels to me like, I know for Buffy fans, the fourth season gets mm-hmm. a lot of flack. It's pretty much unarguably the worst season, not the least of which because of the military industrial complex and Riley and blah 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 but it also the fucked up thing about the fourth season is that it has maybe two of the best episodes one of which being Hush and this to me functions a lot like the fourth season of Buffy where it's like there are episodes of that season that I love there are things that happen in that season like what's the other one besides Hush that you like I like the beginning of Willow's transition into her queer identity Mm. like there's some good episodes Hush obviously being the best one but like there's some good stuff happening you know Oz leaves which is sad but like the way that they deal with it is good and like this kind of felt like that for me like on the whole it's pretty terrible but like there are some things that I fucking loved about it I want to make a distinction which Mm -hmm. is the best episode of season four Hush Mm -hmm. exists as a capsule like you can watch Hush without knowing anything about any of the rest of the season I've got to say it's a no man's I get it I feel like you've heard about the best parts from us. Mm-hmm, you have. So listen to this episode. Yeah, listen to this episode. This Share this episode. episode. Womance. Womance. Share with your friends. Yeah, this is enough. Check out the cover art and, you know, listen to this episode again. Yeah, with that. With that, loosen your stays and your anal fins. And your scarves that you tie around <laughs> your boobies. <laughs> but never your, your principles. principles. Mwah! Whoa, indeed. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Womance. All editing and music is done by Nick Gravelin. Our logo is by Mary Reichman. And our webmistress is Jane Bonzak. They're the best. Feeling woeful about having to wait a whole week for more Womance? Well, cheer up, Buttercup. You can creep or connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, or our website. Our webpage is womancepod.com. If you prefer to be more verbose and or direct, why not send us an email? We're womancemail at gmail.com, and we can't wait to hear from you. In the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast listening app. Until next week.